0: So guys, it's the last podcast of the year, episode number 270, and the man with me tonight is the voice of the Buffalo Bills fan base, because whenever, win, lose, draw, even though draws rarely happen in the NFL, Joe is the man that gives it back to the people of Buffalo, the city of good neighbors. How are you tonight, sir?
1: I am doing great. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. You know what? You can't complain. It's that like, week after Christmas where it's like work's not really that busy. I'm not sure if you're on or I know a lot of people are on or off this week. I'm- I am unfortunately at the work this week, but it is what it is. And, you know, just resting, relaxing, getting to watch some football tonight. There's more football coming, like, the next few days with all the crazy bowl games, mm-hmm. NFL football, and mm-hmm. all that fun stuff, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a good weekend. This is always my favorite time of the year when there's games on Saturday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday.
0: <laughs> and I'm going to start with this because I know I didn't talk about it right away, but I feel like as after you and I had a rundown, I had to bring it up. But next year, we're going to get a game on a Wednesday, and I guarantee you that because there's no way that the nfl sees an average of 28.3 million viewers and goes we can play on christmas and people are gonna watch and we're gonna quadruple the nba's viewership like like yeah the owners are gonna see that money and they're gonna go they'll find a way i don't know if it'll be the best for like playing wise but you know that like hey they can watch and even too i saw the numbers come in today from your game as well and it was the highest i think the highest Mm -hmm. rated thing on primetime saturday night with the bills and chargers
1: yeah, you would think that they could find a way to put a game on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, I mean, they can't interfere. There's there's some old law that they can't interfere with college games, so they can't be within a certain time limit of a college game being televised. From like, I think that law was in, like put in the 80s, the 70s, or 80s, or something like that. But you would think that they could find a way to schedule wise and not put people on like three day weeks or like a four day week. Like you you think they could get rid of the the short week from Thursday Sunday to Thursday? But who knows? I mean, it's
0: I feel like the college thing too. It's kind of like an unspoken bond where it's kind of like we know you're the kings, but let us have our day in the sun. You guys have your day that everyone worships, for lack of a better word. And- Dude,
1: college college fans would tell you that that they would not say that the NFL is the king. College fans, like true college purists, don't like the NFL. They they don't believe it's real football because the guys are getting paid. And it's like how can you how can you tell me that just because a guy is getting paid, he is now not one of the top half a percent of athletes that played college football. Cause there's like, what is there? 1500 or 2000? Co- no, it's even more than that. There's some crazy amount of college athletes in the system. And like a minuscule amount of them actually make it to the pros and play on Sunday. It's like, they are the best of the best of the best of the, b- there's only what? 48 100%. of them. <laughs> there's only 48 of them per team. And only about 22 of those actually get to play significant snaps. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: Because that's the thing, like the jump from like high school to college is one thing, and like I've even seen people make that argument too of, oh, like why doesn't the like college football have a one and done? And it's like, right, because there's a difference between the NBA and the NFL. With the NFL, you're literally going up. I know both are grown men, but the grown in an NFL man, that like, that G is capitalized, probably about as big as this wall you see right behind me. You know,
1: <laughs> right? Fair, yeah. fair, true, true story. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off on the couch. it says I lived in Columbus, Ohio for a <laughs> long time, which is like right there with you know whatever whatever city alabama's in like all they have is the buckeyes and for them you know the nfl is wildly inferior it's like completely inferior and it's like you guys are crazy
0: i i understand that it's just the way i view it i i don't have a college team per se. i just like to watch it but then sundays we have the day where it's our team the one day of the week and all that stuff but with your team right now look this it's been a i want to call it a I don't know what the right word to use. Wonky, goofy, interesting, just everything that's happened. Because I know we spoke before the first Bills-Pats game announced yeah. the second Bills-Pats game. And,
1: and boy, were we wrong. <laughs> we probably should have done a post-game show, the two of us <laughs> together, to like talk about what happened because we were both off as far as that goes.
0: Because that game was just like, I, I used to say this where it's just like, what seems like now max grand finale as a new england patriot like that's ultimately what that game was to see him go more than anything in that game it was the fact that he led a two minute drive down the field to win the game that was my moment of what the the hell was that and to mike is no less where it was just this weird combination of things and then so there's a lot of weirdness right now with the patriots and their fan base which I don't know if you do this, but when I say a fan base, I always like to say Twitter because you can usually just tap into a fan base's Twitter pretty quickly. Like I've seen a yeah. lot of the Mafia's Twitter this week just leading up to the game, Patriots' Twitter right now because they're really weirdly undecided on where to go, and there's still the Mac truthers out there, but I've always said this from the jump that I'll root for the guy who gives my team the best chance to win, and so far they've seen that from Zappy.
1: It was but Zappy he... last year. It was Zappy yeah. last year. Yeah, right. Uh, last year there was just the weirdness
0: of that one – Bears game where Max mm. should not have started, he should have not have played. That should have mm. been Bailey Zappi. Right, and this year was just I said this too, where it was the Colts game in Germany where I'm like, that was my final straw. I'm done. And then ever since Zappi's played, sure they lost to the Chargers six nothing, and then they lost to the Chiefs. But besides that, his ability to get out of pressure, his Face when he gets sacked isn't as bad because i know that's something you've pointed out as well max sack face really is not something pleasant to look at and also to the fact that he can make those tight window throws and you're not holding your breath saying oh shit, it's gonna be picked off
1: you're talking about zappy yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the wild thing for me is when i when i compare the two zappy looks like an nfl quarterback i'm not saying that he's refined and he's there and he's no. landed and he's gonna be a great quarterback but but watching mac jones as much as this will hurt a lot of the truthers fans i've never heard of a mac jones truther but it it might hurt their fan they hurt their their feelings those fans feelings he doesn't look like an nfl quarterback to me like when you watch him play football he doesn't have that nfl quarterback command the joe i mean joe Flacco's on tv when joe Flacco walks on a football field you're like that's an nfl quarterback he's 50 years old but that's an nfl quarterback right there like he's just like uh zach wilson is the same way zach wilson just doesn't have that command and zappy seems to have it whereas mac jones just doesn't it's a little weird
0: but is it a weird take too, to say that justin fields right now is looking like the best quarterback from that draft
1: and he still might be a bust but yes 100 percent.
0: yeah that yeah. draft was just really weird even last year's too like right now at this moment bailey's looking like the most playable option from last year's draft because yeah. literally yeah. you look at all the options from last year this year is panning out to be great cj stroud looks incredible for houston
1: Unbelievable. Uh, He might be the very... Well, I guess, depending on Justin Fields, Stroud might be the first quarterback osu actually puts in the nfl because every one of them before that were awful they're great in college but you run to the right run to the left run up the middle (laughs) but they can't throw footballs uh but it'll be interesting to see what what justin fields does you were going to ask me a question about the oddity of the season for the bills but i cut you off so like the
0: weird way like the wording to describe it because i have a couple other questions i'm just so curious about when it comes to your team
1: sure sure the wording to describe it as far it's just been a very it's it's been a season where, when the Chiefs have started out this way, they've turned it around immediately and been dominant. You know, we saw the 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 Brady led Patriots start the season this way a couple times and turn around and 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 were dominant. And this football, this Bills football team has all the makings of being dominant. There's just a a lack of I don't know what it was until it mattered. And like even the Eagles game, the last game that the Bills won or lost rather, they should have won. If it wasn't for coaching, like McDermott got out coached in that game and he learned from that game. So we have dealt with, so going back in time, there since 13 seconds, which I was at that football game against the Chiefs in Kansas City, there's been a lot of people talking about that we're raising the fire McDermott flag. And 98% of the fan base was like, You're insane. Like you are literally insane if you want to fire Sean McDermott. And since that game, like that, that feeling has spread slowly until this year. And this year, when it came to in-game adjustments, when it came to bad time man clock management, when it came to at the end of the game, and I'm the guy that coined the phrase for your viewers and listeners that that have seen it. You know, how many times does Josh Allen have to walk off the field a winner to walk to the 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 locker room a loser? 13 seconds, he did it twice. He won that game twice in that 13 seconds game and still walked off the field, a loser it's happened four times this year. So that's where like, it really started to like bolster and like get hot. Like if that, that Sean McDermott might not be the guy, like he might not be the dude that's going to take this team to the promised land. And he hadn't learned from any of his mistakes over the last several years. Well, since that Eagles game, they did exactly what they always do. The bills were up by several possessions and they allowed the Eagles, they went total prevent, bend but don't break, keep everything in front of you. The Eagles scored 30 points. They 20 seconds left with two timeouts. They don't put Josh Allen on the field. They have Neil on the football. The, the whole thing was just a mess. And since that time, McDermott has been more aggressive. He's been more in the end of football games. We're going to, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down swinging. We saw it in the last game. So all that to say this, the Bills have done a good job of turning it around. And now that the, the pressure's on, but man. Wouldn't it be nice to not have to win out to make it? Would it be nice to not have to win out and then win four more games to, the, to win the Super Bowl? The whole thing is just crazy. And to, to make matters even more strange, and literally, this is where it gets mind blowing. The Bills were in 11th place three weeks ago in the AFC. 11th. Now that's not necessarily all the Bills' fault, outside of the fact that they've lost some games. It was a it was a hairy mess at six and six and seven and six. But the Bills were in 11th place, so they dug a hole then dug a hole in the hole and jumped in it. So they were in a hole, in a hole. 11th place. If they beat the uh, the Patriots this week and the Dolphins lose to the Ravens, that game next week, Bills-Miami in Miami, which should have the Dolphins shaking in their boots a little bit. If the Bills win that game, they're the two-seed. They go from the 11th seed to the two-seed in a matter of four or five weeks. It's just... And that I think sums up the whole season. Like there's just a I don't even know there's not a word to describe it. It's been maddening. And at the end of the day, it might pay off and we'll end up with the two seed and get bounced from the playoffs in the first round, knowing our luck. Like it's just there's it's just been a weird, strange year that's inexplicable and un it doesn't need to happen. None of this needed to happen. And by the way, I know you're about to say something for all of those of you know, where are you, Joe, on the fire Sean McDermott fence. I am well-spoken and uh, recorded and noted and in Twitter that if the Buffalo Bills missed the playoffs to the Browns, the Steelers, and the the Broncos, like if those teams made it to the playoffs and the Bills didn't, fire Sean McDermott. But if they make it in, then we're having a different conversation. Does that make sense?
0: That makes sense. I also think that that Bronco game was a blessing in disguise for his job security as well because – Dorsey, I don't. It was a special teams blunder. Which going back to 13 seconds too, I remember. I always remember this. That for the longest time, I wasn't sure what happened there, and then neither, sure. neither. But the wonderful Greg Thompson of Cover One cleared it up for me when he came on here and said that it was a special teams blunder. They meant to boot it, they accidentally squibbed yeah. it, and then the special teams coach was just vanished without a trace. To- but the
1: defense, but the defense still gave up two huge plays that allowed them to kick that allowed Bucker to kick a foot foot a field goal to tie the game to send it to overtime which Tyree kill ended it right so or no I'm sorry it wasn't it was Travis Kelsey that ended it yes yeah.
0: yes but then I just think going back to the McDermott stuff I was always on the fence of like okay where's this gonna go with his job security I still think next year regardless they have to get a proper DC in there I know he's a defensive-minded guy yeah but I don't think he can wear both hats um I will say this I think Brady's earned his right which feels weird to say Brady and Buffalo but i Brady's earned his right as OC, you know, to be the OC of the Bills next year. Um, yeah. But with the with the Dorsey stuff though, I always had my red flags about him with the little Miami meltdown last year. Just the mm. can't, the fact he couldn't keep his composure during the loss.
1: Oh. I loved it. I I absolutely I absolutely loved the fire and Dable. We're seeing Dable on the sideline. Dable has that fire too. There's there, it's not it's not the in game stuff as far as Brian you know, or uh, uh, Ken Dorsey that like that moment. It's something between Sundays where he just doesn't. There's just there are mysteries that we may never learn. How much of a hand in the offensive scheme was McDermott a part of? Why did he not fire him sooner? Why did he fire Ken Dorsey after a special teams blunder? They lost the Broncos game because of 12 men on the field. Like that isn't Ken Dorsey's fault. Why did you fire him there? It clearly is at this point working. I think the biggest difference between, and this is storied as well, Brian Dable, who you guys should know, he was there for a while, Mm -hmm. uh, is an incredibly great uh, offensive designer, right? And he comes from a lot of those guys, you know, it, that, that you guys had there. Um, not Mike McDaniel, uh, McDaniels, uh, yeah, give me, give me his first name, Josh. I want, Josh, yes, I wanted to say Sean, it's definitely not Sean, Josh McDaniels, <laughs> and some of those guys that are there. I mean, Bill O'Brien is a pretty decent, you know, designer of offenses. But there was always a conversation about how well he felt what was happening in the game was important. So it was, It was. there was a disconnection. Like, oh, that's a brilliant play. But like sometimes, like, why are you calling it now? Like, what is happening? Ken Dorsey was even worse. And I think the biggest difference between Ken Dorsey and Joe Brady, because he's obviously running Ken Dorsey's offense right now because he has to, he just has a better feel for what's happening on the football field, which is insane when you think that Ken Dorsey was an NFL quarterback. You think that he would know. And I was talking with John Feene and Jerry Strosky, some former Bills that I do podcasts with, and they were like, you know, sometimes these offensive coordinators get very tangled and tied up in, well, we practiced it. We've got to run it, right? We, we, we put it in the game plan, so we've got to run it somewhere. Let's just run it here. And they'll run plays, and you'll see all kinds of offensive coordinators do it. And we as a fans are like, why in the hell did you run that play there? That made And it didn't work. Why would you do it? Well, we practiced it, and they won't ever say that. Joe Brady literally against the Dallas Cowboys – Realized that the Cowboys could not stop James Cook, and he just ran the same play at them over and over and over again. And when he was, and they asked Mitch Morse, they asked asked Josh, they asked Tom, uh, Joe Brady, they asked everybody. They're like, was it part of the game plan to run the ball that much? And they were like, nope, they just couldn't stop it. So we just kept running it. <laughs> it's like, give me more of that. <laughs> like, give me situational football where somebody's like, if you can't stop this play, I'm going to run it at you three times and get it eight yards every time. And the funny thing is, like, the Patriots have done that to to us before. There's times it's like, I know what's coming because we can't stop it. Sure enough, here comes. You know, back then it was Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. You know what I mean? Just straight up the middle because the Bills can't stop it. So just, and you guys would just run it and Tom Brady didn't care. He's like, here's the football. Here's the football. Here's the football. And just like, good God, make it stop. So, it's yeah. the whole, it's the whole uh, metaphor. I, I just love the job. I love
0: Josh's postgame quote there. The whole, um, yeah, it felt like I was a part of the group project. I didn't accomplish anything. Like, <laughs> but, but I, got, I got an A. Yeah, <laughs> I got an A. I didn't do shit, but I got an A. Um, right. But no, I love the reference to the law firm there. Um, but that was just the big thing with Buffalo too, where I feel like more the less with the Ken Dorsey thing, I feel like it was like the Matt Canada firing where it was, they saw it out and they took it, you know, where it's like, Mm -hmm. you see a chance to get out of it. So like, like how the Steelers, like they kept Matt, It was like, Oh, Matt Canada sucks. Why is he still here? Because they were winning. Like, I know the bills, there was some Rocky roads there, but they squeaked out the giants when they squeaked out the Buccaneers win the bills, the Bengals game. I think it was still when the Bengals were the Joe Burrow Bengals. So it was kind of like, is what it is. I think it was the like the way they lost the Bronco game, the fact that it was the even though now, which who knows what's going on there, but the Russell Wilson Broncos. So right, right. I think it was just a chance to also do the fact that it was a home primetime game. Like if this was the if that was the Buccaneer game, or if that Hail Mary goes through, where Chris Godwin knows how to catch a football. I think that he's fired before, after the Buccaneer game that Friday morning, because
1: you say that, but like Josh Allen, the Buccaneer game almost walked off the field, a winner and walked to the locker room, a loser. That was another one. And those, those, that, that wasn't, I'm not saying I'm not grateful. I'm glad Ken Dorsey is no longer the offensive coordinator for this football team. I'm just putting the facts out there, which is Sean McDermott's defense has outplayed its skin like this year like when you consider Daquan Jones being out for the season Matt Milano being out for the well Daquan might come back Matt Milano being out for the season Tredevious White being out for the season the losses that they have suffered have been incredible now did they go get Razul Douglas from the Packers and has he played like a, a number one wide uh corner yes they did is Terrell Bernard a complete surprise yes I said at the beginning of the year we don't have a starting middle linebacker on this football team and behold Terrell Bernard is like a machine up there Benford. I, 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 yeah well Benford is obviously a corner but I can't wait to see Milano and Bernard next to each other um <clears throat> but even with that they have played ridiculously well but at times situationally they have not mostly when the bills have a lead in the second half and they've let teams back into it which is but anyways that's kind of what was the Giants game almost happened the same thing happened there so it's 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 been it's been nauseating. Also, when I
0: say Christian Bedford, I just mean like defenders that have been playing that have stepped up and been playing well. And also say this about Bernard quickly. The way that he was drafted and the way his selection was read out, it would have been disappointing to see him have been a bust. But the fact the passion that was <laughs> delivered in his draft, I remember that. I was sick with COVID that draft. So I remember <laughs> Kyle Brandt just coming on stage, making the pick and then biting into a Buffalo wing. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm just like, you gotta be good, because if you're not, it's just letting down the draft. pick. it's like yeah. If Kayvon Thibodeau didn't live up to the hype after his draft pick with the Make a Wish kid from the those yeah. Giants fan going just berserk on the stage in Vegas last year, so that's yeah. just a little tidbit yeah. about Bernard I wanted to add in there.
1: No, it's you're not you're not wrong, and I mean more so than even that is just there was a lot of trepidation and doubt because he didn't play last year. I mean, he oh. obviously we had Tremaine and we had Milano, but even when those two were out for a couple games here and there, he didn't play. So you it was just if he was good last year he would have played so why are we to assume that he's going to be good this year and then sure enough it's been a Terrell bernard coming out party he's been great
0: exactly because like i always say this with the draft picks too where if you hit on a day one pick it is what it's great you know hey you got your first round pick right but if you can hit on those day two and day three picks it's yeah. just so yeah. much better because it shows how deep in the draft you can be uh yeah. which speaking of which obviously there's a player that some people have jokingly coined uh, a period player because he shows up once every four weeks but with Gabe Davis, obviously coming Goat. off a really big game last Saturday.
1: Go to Davis, yeah. Go Davis. <laughs> if you
0: had to guess next year, do you think he takes like a, what Matt Milano did in 21 where he takes the discount to stay in Buffalo, or do you think he jumps at the first opportunity to make money?
1: Well, I uh, haven't looked to see necessarily what his num- – do you know what his numbers are this year? Gabe Davis? Yeah, so uh, Gabe Davis. Let me look him up real quick. Gabe Davis. Stats. Uh and I so called almost, him Ghost, by the way, Ghost. Oh, Davis. Ghost. I thought you said Goat no, for a second. No, Ghost Davis, yeah. 43 uh,
0: receptions, 725 yards, seven touchdowns, and an average of 16.9 yards. That, does,
1: yards that doesn't really sound like Christian Kirk money, does it?
0: No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like a fifteen to $20 million a year wide receiver. I think if it's like in that 10 to 15 range, like what Jacoby Myers got, what Juju Smith-Schuster got, I say those because those are right. relevant Patriot numbers that come to my mind. I think you keep him in Buffalo or if not, or if he's like, I want this, I want that. Hey, he'll make a great Atlanta Falcon.
1: So. <laughs> and disappear. Uh, I think, I mean, I think Gabe Davis is going to have a decision to make this year. He has done far more. He's been a good soldier. He is the best blocking wide receiver on this football team and has been actually for a couple of years, but he's not a small guy. He's 6'1", 6'2". He's a, he's a, he's not huge in stature next to him, but he's not small. Um, and thank God the Bills have stopped trying to get Khalil Shakir to block defensive ends. They're actually using Gabe Davis, which probably isn't great either, but at least Gabe Davis has a little more of a fighting chance. So he's kind of been a good soldier. So he's going to have an opportunity and and an option to stay probably with Buffalo at a greatly reduced contract or see what the market can bring. And we'll probably hear from... Brandon being soon that Gabe Davis is going to get the opportunity to, to go see what the market you know can give him. Um, I would tell you this, they're going to have a lot of ammunition against him. His catch rate in 2022 was like 51%. Uh, he's dropped a lot of balls this year. He basically can run three routes. There's really not much to Gabe Davis. If the Buffalo, the biggest problem with Gabe Davis is they don't have a John Brown or an Emmanuel Sanders in front of him to put him on a linebacker, to put him on a nickel corner, to put him on somebody that's basically not great that he can run a double move on and be wide open. Like that's Gabe Davis excels in that situation when he's the number two, and what the what defenses did to the Bills last year was they they basically bracketed Stephon Diggs. You guys did it, bracketed Diggs, and then put the best corner on Gabe Davis, and it shut the offense completely down because that way nobody could get open. And the Bills, I mean, they just struggled and had issues. So I think I think Gabe is going to have an an opportunity to make a decision to stay with the team and win football games, and maybe be a second role player if that makes any sense. Yeah. Or be a heralded, ride him in on a chariot, go to the Atlanta Falcons, to your point, uh, or the Raiders, someplace like that, and vanish into oblivion, get cut after two years, or maybe one like like Lawson did, Shaq Lawson did. And basically, Shaq lost the defensive end for the Bills that went to Miami. And the, yeah, Miami first, yep. right? That's then came back to Buffalo. Um, it's going to be his decision. And I hope somebody in his life, has the opportunity to say it to him like that. You can either stay here and win football games with your friends, or you can go make an extra what, seven million, eight million collectively over two years, and then get cut and be embarrassed and maybe end up spiraling out of the NFL in a couple years or coming back to Buffalo. Because yeah, that's Buffalo's not afraid to take guys back. But that's a really
0: good that's a really good way to view it though. Just the whole like, hey, do you want to like
1: do you want to make friends
0: or do you want to make money? Like you can do both in Buffalo in the sense of like hey you can make money that's like good because I don't know what his contract status is right now. But if you want to go make like it's a rookie, it's a rookie deal. Yeah, it's a it's your basic rookie deal. So if he wants to go and make say four years at like forty five million, making like eleven to an eleven and a half per, mm-hmm. I think that's like a very solid contract with him. Where you know, hey, you see them redu- like you can always restructure the number because like you see guys like I've seen Deion Dawkins doing a bunch of restructuring. I know Dawson Knox, who look, I know like once again on a milk carton, but the guy did get engaged, so he's oh,
1: wildly overpaid right now. Yeah, wildly overpaid, but then you know he's 14 one of the past- million a year. $14 million a year, wildly overpaid.
0: He's one of the restructure candidates. Um, Matt Milano's another one. Josh, I know, always restructures. And then here's the other thing to consider, too, because in a couple of years, James Cook's going to be due to get paid. Because one thing I've always said about two Buffalo years, is. Two, year,
1: two years for James Cook.
0: Two more years for James Cook. Yes. Yeah, and
1: uh, Gabe Davis is making uh, 2.7 this year on the last year of his rookie deal, uh, which is odd to me because he was, what, a fifth round draft pick is that right so that's fourth or high. fifth I believe yeah, yeah so it
0: but it's one of those things too now where it's like hey you can get a pay bump of like eight to nine million like you don't have to jump to generational I think if he was consistently playing well not like how in the Eagles game he went off and then in the then this past Saturday against Chargers he went off if he can finish off the season strong and the player that we saw in that Buffalo game in the playoff game in Buffalo against New England and in the four touchdown game against Kansas City I'm not saying he's to replicate the numbers but if he can be Half of what that was, or even kind of on par when it comes to yards and receptions, and limit the drops. That's where he can really show Brandon. Hey, I can, you know, I can come, I can stay, be an, a, a viable asset. But at the same time, too, I think with Buffalo, they still like I would potentially look at the first or second round to draft someone just so there's that third option there, just in case. Like you know, like you said, Diggs is bracketed, or Davis is just having an off night. You have someone there because this year too is a very good receiver class.
1: Yeah, well, you've 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 packed a lot of things that I could that I could talk about in that in that little, that little short statement. I mean, first of all, Gabe Davis has shown us what he's good at, and that's sideline stuff. Gabe Davis in his rookie year, uh, in the playoff game against the Colts, had three toe toe tappers that changed the football game and won that game for the Bills. Uh, I was at that game with Jay Spence the King, and we were just we couldn't believe he caught it again. Like there was, and he's done that through his. He did it last week. He's done it throughout his whole career. Get him on the outside, on the boundary. Keep him, keep him outside the numbers. And Gabe Davis, <clears throat> and not with comebacks. Gabe Davis is a great wide receiver. Uh, if you try to put him in the middle, get him contested. You know, get him double double covered. If you try to make him a number two, some sort of the focus of the offense, it just doesn't work for him. Uh, Stephon Diggs, as far as this year, the Bills need to be looking to draft the number one wide receiver. I mean, Stephon Diggs is thirty or thirty-one years old. This is his eighth or ninth season uh, in the league. He's got four thousand yard seasons in a row. Several of those in the first three years as a bill were over 1,500 or 1,400 yards. He's got mileage on those tires. Uh, There's only a couple of years left for Stephon to probably be a true dominant number one wide receiver. So the bill's going to be looking for the next Justin Jefferson to bring in here to play with Stefan Diggs so that in two years or next year, not next season, but the year after next, yeah. he's ready to kind of take over for Steph whose contract is going to be you know, narrowing out, coming to an end. So, yes, they should be in play for a wide receiver 100%.
0: It's kind of like how last year, how you guys went after Dalton Kincaid, which I, I always like to pick. You know, hey, get a tight end yeah. to compliment Dawson yeah. Knox because having a um, wide receiver too. I just want to bring up the James Cook thing too just because Buffalo's been lacking that RB1 for a very long time and now they've found one in James where mm-hmm. it's like, hey, this is a guy that you give the ball to. He's just going to bounce off people and he's going to make plays happen. Yep. Um, but no, I, I do agree with you as well. Like, yeah, get a guy. So where it's like, obviously the Raiders tried to do it last year with Chandler Jones and Tyree Wilson. I'm not going to know the details about that because obviously the downward spiral has been very, very depressing to see from Chandler. But it's kind of that similar logic where it's like not replacement, but just kind of like, like pseudo replacement where it's right. not right, right away replacement. But maybe, you know, hey, two, three years down the road when, like you say, the miles start to show and father time starts to catch up to you. That's where it's like, hey, this guy can come and take over. Like, if you want to go get like a Ronald Dunze or a Jalen McMillan, I'm saying a couple Washington Huskies because I said my friend on who's a big Husky fan. Um, there's just point case period, there's a lot of good wide receivers this year to look yeah.
1: at. Yeah, deep which which probably lends itself to the idea that the Bills aren't going to take a wide receiver the first round. They'll take him someplace else. But but I don't necessarily care where they're taken. I mean, for all intents and purposes, nobody drafts wide receivers better than Mike Tomlin. Uh, and I know he's a former wide receiver, but that dude has made gold out of stones so many times that leave his organization and turn into nothing. I I, I you would be hard pressed to find a head coach and a member of a staff draft more consistent, good wide receivers than Mike Tomlin. So, I, I mean, Sean McDermott should just pick up the phone and call his old college teammate and be like, yo, bro, who are you looking at? Like, don't give me your number one. Give me, <laughs> give me your number two. Who's your number two guy in this draft? Because more than likely, he's going to be money because that dude does not miss. What's but your yeah, backup James- and what's your backup and what's your
0: backup's backup? <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly for the draft. But I mean, no, I mean, J- J- James Cook has been. I don't want to say a surprise um, for me because coming out of the draft, there was a lot of conversation amongst those that know and those that study film and those that scout, and I'm not one of those guys talking about how James Con, you know, J- James Cook is not an every down back. He's not an RB one. Uh, he's only he only had 14 touches at most, like in college in one game. So he's not that guy. He has bad contact balance. Like there's there's a lot of stuff coming out on him that to me just didn't make sense because I don't know how you can judge a man's contact balance. When every time he touches the football, he's basically running full speed, six yards before he gets touched. I mean, if you're running full speed, somebody glances you, you're going to fall down. You never saw him in the middle of the pile. Well, now you're seeing that he does have good contact balance. You're seeing that he does make good decisions. You're seeing he can carry the ball 30 times in a football game. Uh, I love what I'm seeing from James cook. And it's great to have from a, for a team that has always had a good running game this buffalo bills team, even when they were trash travis henry willis mcgahee fred jackson like we Marshawn lynch we always had a good running attack for us to go the amount of time we went without one and almost be befuddled has been strange but yes it's great having james cook on this football team and beginning to kind of show up it's it's awesome
0: exactly and then speaking of good running backs obviously we got a lot of games to talk about this week we get there's football on tonight, which I was dead mm-hmm. wrong about the result. The
1: You thought the dude, Jets were going to beat the Browns? Cover,
0: cover. I thought they would cover. Cover, cover. Got you, cover. Got I thought they would yeah. cover the six and a half. I did not think they were going to win. Um, this this Jets team is just bad. In Cleveland, I'm going to say this right now. I know the first game we're going to talk about Detroit, Dallas. Everyone wants Dan Campbell, Coach of the Year. Yeah. But I think Dan Campbell, unless they get the one seed, I feel like Campbell has just met expectations. You're Kevin gonna- Savansky St- I think, is a man who, if they make the playoffs – Look, he was dealt every bad hand. He had my hottest seat entering the year because I was always like, "What was hap- what's happening in Denver right now?" The opposite was going to happen, where there's no getting rid of the quarterback. So, hey, head coach, you're going to be unfortunately gone. But now with Kevin Stefanski, he's turned what's been a disastrous, what could have been a disastrous season into ten and six. Well, not ten, six, 10 and five. Excuse me, looking like eleven and five unless they, the Jets come back miraculously and playoff berth for a city that. You know what, for a long two playoff bursts for them in less than five years is a damn good accomplishment for a Cleveland Brown.
1: It's odd to me that Kevin Stefanski would be that guy that people would pick because if, if he's that guy that you would pick, then he underperformed last year, right? So, because okay. he's got a very much the same roster. Uh, yes, he did lose uh, you know, his running back, his RB1 in the beginning of the season, but they went back and got Kareem Hunt, who knew the system. So it was like yeah. plug and play. It's not like they went and got some guy off the pine or they got a guy that was a practice squad player. Um, but for all intents and purposes, I don't know. I mean, he's—it's a good story, sure. Um, I, I, Sean McDermott might be a candidate as much as as much as Bill's Bill's Mafia has wanted McDermott to be the coach of the year in uh, several years. Like for the last couple of years, this year might be the year. I mean, coming off of what they came off of last year. What they've gone through this year, the losses that they've gone through, going again from 11th in the AFC AFC to potentially, if they make it, to the number two. If the Bills get the number two seed, I think yeah. Sean McDermott's in play. I think Josh Allen's in play for the MVP. I don't think Josh Allen deserves the MVP, but I think he's in play. I think this, of all years, this is the year for there to be a non quarterback MVP for the NFL. But that's, yeah.
0: Christian McCaffrey or Tyree Hill are my two MVP yep. picks right there. Just no. because. But I think what's going to happen is it's going to go to Lamar Jackson just because if they get the they one can't. seed. No, but they that's can't. Just, the voters just have the get stats. lazy, though. He doesn't like, have the stats. The, the AP voters just get lazy and they see whatever quarterback has the one seed and they're He's just got like. 22
1: yeah. touchdowns. Josh Allen's going to have 50.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, I know. I know. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying out here like I agree with him. I'm just saying that's what I think will happen because in the heart of hearts, and also to all these, I know a lot of the voters do not watch football all year long. They just wait until the end and then they see like, oh, like. You know it's kind of the flashy object in front of a yeah, like a.
1: They gotta yeah. look at the stats. They're gonna look at the stats. There's no way they're not gonna look at stats. Twenty two is it? I think it's twenty two touchdowns. He doesn't have very many yeah. touchdowns. And Josh yeah. Allen's gonna Josh Allen's gonna have close to fifty, if not fifty.
0: If the Bills do get the number two seed though and win the division, yes, hundred percent. Josh Allen's name is in play for MVP. And like even now, like I look at the whole like a question I was actually dying to ask you. Not a question, but a hypothetical. I want to say. Because I know everyone likes to do the Josh Allen Jalen Hurts comparison for some reason. But I I'm going to say this. That.
1: I can tell if, you why. Go ahead.
0: If Josh Allen is on the Philadelphia Eagles, his numbers are miles better than what Jalen Hurts is putting up this year. I know they have the touch push, but if you give Josh Allen all those weapons in Philadelphia,
1: if Josh Allen has is is a Kansas City Chief, he's got multiple touchdowns or <laughs> multiple Super Bowls. I mean, it's there's a great deal of like the situation Pat Mahomes is a generational talent and he's unbelievable, but he also ended up in an unbelievable situation that had a great football team with a quarterback that wasn't great, that played good, even with a not great quarterback. And then he shows up and puts him over the top. Like, yes, to your point, as far as Josh Allen being, if he was an Eagle, what would it look like? And the reason for the comparisons is because Nick Sirianni basically stole Brian Dable's offense for Josh Allen. And you, you watch the Eagles play football more so last year than this year. And you watch and you're like, uh, I've seen this before, especially if you're, if you're a bills fan, you're like, yeah. he's running Josh Allen football. Like this is, this is Josh Allen's offense. That's what exact. And that's why he's getting those comparisons. Cause they've got him running the, the Dable concepts that Dable used to basically birth, not birth, but you know, whatever, <laughs> bring Josh Allen to the forefront.
0: Yeah. Make Josh Allen the man that he is today. The man that yeah. like his third year ago, holy crap, he looks really good. Um, no, I just wanted to say that quickly just because I know too. It's like even the people to do the uh Justin Herbert, like, oh if Justin Herbert had this and Justin Herbert, it's like that's where the biggest battle always is Justin Herbert and the word if. There's just yeah, like, even but- to like if Tua State Healthy as well, it's the same thing. Because even this year, like say if Miami wins the division and everything like that, no, he doesn't deserve MVP. It's Tyree Kill. Especially if Tyree Kill, I think, gets to I would say oh, not like around the 1800 yards if he gets to 1900 or he's at like 1979. Oh. I don't know what his exact number is. He's that's where he's got it locked. Like that's where I think he's got it locked. If he gets yeah. even remotely close to 2 2k yards.
1: I think Justin Herbert is a great example as much as you know you did the what if thing. Brandon Staley should have been fired 2 years ago. Brandon Staley like I, it's Brandon Staley should have been fired after the press conference this year where he said, I'm going to continue calling the defensive plays. And, like, you suck at it. Like, why are you calling the defense? That's the thing about McDermott. As much as I agree with you when you said that they need to hire a defensive coordinator, they do. But this – Sean McDermott, aside from the second-half gaffes where they basically would go soft early in the season to prevent the win because that's what a prevent defense does. The only people that that don't know that are coaches – Aside from that, that he has called better defensive games than Leslie Frazier has the pro or had. The problem is, is like the attention to detail on special teams has drifted. The special, the attention to de- the detail on offense had drifted. Brandon Staley was awful, and he was awful as a head coach, and to me was a big part of the reason. And I know they went and they got uh, what's his name from Dallas, uh, Kellen Moore, to like kind of fix the problem, but it's not working at this point justin herbert is a generational talent as well with every bit of the skill set that josh allen has outside of his legs josh Allen's a purple unicorn um he should if he was if, if he was in dan campbell's if he if he was a detroit lion they'd probably be undefeated this year
0: oh a thousand percent it's also just funny with la too, the fact that it took not losing in the playoffs last year but getting embarrassed two weeks ago on prime Right. which their spreads the last few weeks of Chargers were so weird to read because I remember they did cover against the Patriots in that mm-hmm. just terrible 6 nothing game. But the next week, they were minus 3.5 against the Broncos. And I was just like, I don't like that. Chargers did nothing to impress me. right? And then the next week, they were minus 3. And that Raider game was just this holy crap moment of like, yeah, they're really bad. I was just like, the days were numbered. My big question was always, what do they do with GM? And now we know that it's a full house cleaning. And gone. Yeah. It's just gone. That's because that's the thing too with with the Chargers. And next year, like they got to bring in a right offensive line. Plus, two, their cap situation is nothing to smile at because a lot of their high paid players are not performing well or are hurt. The only players that are playing well this year was Justin Herbert, and then Khalil Mack had a bit of a Renaissance season. Shout out, you know, yeah. UB. um Yeah, that's the uh, Jermaine Johnson with the pick six uh, or a fumble yep. six. I didn't see it. Um, it was
1: pick, pick six. Tip God, ball. Good pass.
0: But going back to Saturday night, um, so we have Dallas and Detroit. Like when I look at this game right here, I I, I don't get why Dallas is five and a half. I get there's the whole home field advantage thing, but that's why that's, that's that's just it. I feel like if Dallas does not win their division, it's just a matter of time. Like, cause I don't think them this year, if they go back to Tampa, because I think that's what's gonna happen. I don't think there's a good chance that the Buccaneers beat them in a, beat them in the wild card round.
1: Dallas is an enigma, and Dallas is, uh, I mean, they as much as Buffalo gets a lot of uh, trash talk for the 17-year drought um, where we didn't make the playoffs even accidentally once, Mm -hmm. um, there's some funnier, laughable stories out there, like the fact that the Dolphins haven't won a playoff game in 23 years. The Cowboys, going back to 95 when they won the Super Bowl, haven't won a playoff game. Like since nineteen nine, well, we went to the, we, and it's always you can't have conversations about it because it turns into well, at least we got a Super Bowl. It's like that's the conversation. Like you're you're a Dolphins fan and you're making fun of me because the Bills haven't won a Super Bowl and you haven't even your team hasn't won one in your lifetime and you're making fun of me because we haven't made we haven't won a Super Bowl yet. Like you can't you can't argue with these people on Twitter, but there's a lot of ridiculous stuff out there as far as that goes. But the the. The, the Cowboys, to your point, are wildly suspect. I think there's a measure of that spread because as much as the Cowboys are suspect, they're very good at home, and there's still a, a little bit of a, we don't know who this Lions team is, and they're still the Lions. Like, they're playing well. It's it's the Browns. I mean, are the Browns the Browns are going to be the, the five seed, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty much locked in now, especially the Browns are going to be the five seed, but you can't tell me Vegas when they host their first playoff game, aren't going to be like, well, <laughs> I mean, it's the Browns. Joe Flacco's the quarterback. Are they going to be able to do this in the playoffs? Right. I mean, that, that's and I think that's kind of what's happening on that game on Saturday night.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I agree too because this Detroit's defense has been their weakness of their team. The only player on their team that really screams to me like f the play up is aiden hutchinson besides that there's no one else on that defense you know that really like screams like at you yeah. like you know how you guys have Daquan jones uh, have a greekers have a greekers like the havoc a yeah. reeking F after play up. kind of like in this game how you have quinn and williams on one side of the ball and you have miles mm-hmm. garrett on the other side of the ball but you also have sauce Gardner for the for the jets you have there's a couple other pieces like jermaine johnson too has looked really good
1: cj mosley uh quinn williams brother right yeah. uh quincy yeah. williams Quincy Williams, yeah. They've yeah. got some good C- players C- on there. CJ
0: C- C- Mosley's having a bit of a renaissance as well because I know when he was brought in, he didn't really pan out that well, but he's he's having a decent year this year. But that's the thing with Detroit to where I look at this game. There's two bets that I love, and that's Jameer Gibbs over in rushing yards because
1: What cook he's they a, doing.
0: Yeah, what cooked into to them. And then the bet yeah, over at 52 and a half. Like I said, I think Dallas will win this game, but I can see this being a four-point game. That's where when I look at that spread number. I'm like, I just can't see a world where the Lions get blown out, if that makes sense.
1: I'm at the point where I don't know that I can trust the Cowboys for anything, and that might be the bait that Vegas is playing. Vegas might literally pl- be playing the the bait game, right? Because you, I'm not saying that the Cowboys should have, could have, or are a better team than the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you're you're going into Buffalo late in the season in the winter, and you're a domed Texas team Dom that automatically, them. right? That automatically like like doesn't do much for you, but. They didn't even, they, I mean, they were in Miami and were a shell of themselves. Like, they didn't yeah. play well in that Miami game either. So, they, I mean, there's a great deal of like, are they pretenders? I don't, we'll see. I mean, I, yeah, this is why I don't bet it, but yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, like I said, I like to bet. So that's why I say it. But it's, that's just my whole thinking on this, where I'm just like, I can see this game being similar to the Dallas Seattle game from last month. It's also, mm-hmm. I saw the stats to Jared Goff, where in a dome, he's his numbers are phenomenal, or in warm weather, he's great. Yeah. You get them in some suspect weather. That's when play starts to dwindle down. So for this game, yeah. I think, like I said, I think Dallas wins. And I think that Detroit covers the spread. Just give it to that simple. And then with nice. Baltimore and Miami, I'm going Baltimore. Because like I said, for two reasons. Because one, I want your game week 18 to be for all the marbles. Because <laughs> I, I, so I'm going to, so I had a Dolphins fan on here who comes on all the time. He's a good friend of mine. I asked him to come on next week. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, we'll wait and see what happens. Like you know, like <laughs> they're getting ahead of themselves. Just just a smidgen, just a smidgen. Of Dude, ahead of
1: themselves. Don't forget what you're gonna say this is yeah. literally fins fins up nation. Yeah. Like the amount of they are they 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 swag talk and walk on Twitter. Like, they are the, the Tom Brady prime Patriots with Gronk and Randy Moss. Like, they're all over Twitter, like, watch us. And then as soon as they beat the Cowboys, it's a, oh, my God, thank God we won that game. It's so amazing that we – can you believe we won that? And it's like, I thought you guys were, like, completely confident. And they're like, yeah, the little secret, we weren't. And that's literally <laughs> how Dolphins – Dolphins fans don't believe in this football team. I don't care what anybody says. As much as they tell you they do, they don't believe in this football team.
0: For me, it was the fact that they won that game, and you have your kicker doing one. Mm. <laughs> the fact that you you had to kick five field goals against Dallas, like if right. that's a situation too, where it's like, hey, if you take care of them properly, I don't think anyone's gawking at you for what happened. I think right. also to the in the game right now, I love the scene where the player has like a clump of grass stuck on the. Or oh, never mind. Elijah Moore's hurt, but yeah, I yeah, didn't realize he yeah. was hurt. But when the players have like grass stuck on <laughs> the top of their head, like I just that's that's just football to me.
1: The football. Um, yeah.
0: I think with this game too, we also saw that Miami needs. I think Miami needs kind of that humbling as well because and I'll also say this too. He's a good coach, but Mike McDaniel does kind of annoy me a little bit just with everything he kind of does. It's that like guy, like he's so, he's good at what he does, but at the same time too, it's like the boss. It's like the boss's kid where it's kind of like. Okay, you might be good, but you're a bit of a shithead. Um, but with, um, but yeah, that's the thing with Miami, though. I feel like going into, and that's the thing too, going into the cold weather, you got a Baltimore team that right now, like, offensively, they're looking good. Defensively, they're looking really good. Mike McDonald's doing a really good job too, because they have two college coordinators that have come up and really inserted themselves. Mm, mm. I think this is a game too. Like I said, Buffalo, Buffalo, just not Buffalo. Baltimore just kind of inserts themselves gets that one seed, and then you know what? Next week, they kind of take their foot off the gas. And then for yeah, – because yeah. I feel like, too, if that game next for you guys is either in that Saturday spot on ESPN or Sunday Night Football, fins, fins up fans. are They're just going to be shitting themselves the entire week because they know if they lose, it's like looking behind here right now and, like, the boogeyman and the train horn is going to start going off for them. They've been,
1: they've been like that for weeks. They've been like that for weeks. Yeah. Like, when it, when, it, when it was pretty much established that if the Bills went out and the Dolphins lose two games – and one of them to the Bills, it's a problem. Like, they, they've been they, – the boogeyman, they have not done well, I don't think, Dolphins fans being the hunted. They have not done a very good job being the hunted, in my opinion. But, yeah, it's 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 going to be – the whole thing is going to wrap up and be interesting for sure. I'm
0: going to put this right next to the mic for just a second. I just want to see if you can hear it or not. But it's like this – like the, the, for them, it's just getting significantly louder and louder and so,
1: louder. I I live in the Southtowns, so that train horn. The stadium is in the Southtowns. It's in Orchard Park. I live in Hamburg. I live in Lakeview, which is a part of Hamburg. Yes. Uh, grew up my entire life with the the the, the four railroad tracks right here and hearing train horns. mind. it's funny because it's such a weird thing. Buffalo is is an interesting town, which we've talked a little bit about in the past. You've got the North Towns versus the South Towns. The South Towns gets all the snow. It's a little more hillbilly, redneckish as far as that goes, even though we're not really rednecks. And then the North Towns is like where UB is and the colleges are. They don't get as much snow, and it's kind of like where the lawyers live. Clarence is where all the hockey players live and stuff like that. And they don't have train Amherst. tracks up. They don't have tra- Amherst. They don't have train tracks up there. So for them, it's like what the hell is with these train these train horns? And for us in the South Towns, it's like, that's my childhood, baby. Let's go.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's the point I just wanted to make is that that train horn just gets a little bit louder and louder and louder for, sure. for Dolphins fans. It's like, for, for me, I know I'm going to hear it on Sunday, but like I said, for our game, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. Because I think for anything, for you guys, it's more of a chance to, I don't want to say get right, but I kind of want to be that. It's that, sh- it's that chance to have that we're back moment. It's that chance for Buffalo to go out there and show the world, hey, I know about a month ago it was looking rough, but now the Bills are the Bills again. They're that team that you do not want to play come January. You don't want that team, the fan base, coming into your building and being like, hey, we're here to play you. We're here to break your tables. We're here to drink a lot. We're here to cook pizzas in uh, filing cabinets
1: somebody's been to a Bills game yeah no it's uh, almost enough (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot to be figured out before that as far as that goes by the time I mean they've got to get Stefan Diggs as a part of this game these game plans they've they've got some things to figure out still like we're close they've almost got it where it's like okay yeah we found it but you know Stella got her groove back Uh, the, the groove is close they're not in the groove yet but they're getting really close
0: yeah. And then like with New England, I think it's just that chance to either play spoiler or kind of like get a feel out for next year. Because for, like, for me, offensively, I'm not expecting much. And then it's more or the less, how can the defense play? Because we know that Josh Allen knows how to kind of pick apart this defense, especially we saw it last year a bit, too, where they struggled. But then there's that like because last obviously this game last year had a lot of emotion attached to it. Obviously, oh yeah. Oh yeah. everything going on and obviously the anniversary of it's coming up on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. but as a whole when it comes to this game i think it's just more about like how do the patriots defense how do they play against a bill's offense that you give them an inch they're gonna run a mile on you i say mm-hmm. that in sense because i know stefan Diggs too because he's looked good in some games against the pats but then there's been some moments where hey they can shut him down but then there's some moments too where you think you got him boom he just jumps up for a 30 yard catch on a slant out route. you know so that's where yeah, it's yeah. like that that dynamic of it and i said this to you off air I like you guys to win just because look, it's that get it's the get right game for you guys. It's the get your stuff, how about this? Stephon had said Stefan gets his groove back kind of game. And this would be the one. But I think the defense manages to keep it close just a little bit. But I think turnover factor is gonna play a lot and when it comes to turning the ball over. I'm gonna have more issues with my guy, Bailey Zappi, even though I love the uh, zappy holidays, everyone. Um, but, you say um, that,
1: but Easton Stick didn't have an interception. The Easton Stick went out there and threw the football over the yard like to wide open wide receivers because the Bills were playing soft zones they're playing quarters, and it's like, what are we doing? Contest these wide receivers and make it hard on the kid, but they didn't.
0: Ba- Bailey also, too, just has like – it's kind of like the Kansas City game where he played well and then it kind of like falls off. So I'm just – it can go either way, but like I said to you, either we win – and it's like, great, right, they got another win. Or they lose. And it's, you know what, they keep their draft positioning because obviously I think Washington's going to lose out, but they're playing San Francisco and Dallas. So I feel like the strength of schedule thing is really going to come into factor considering yeah. how good those teams are to where Buffalo is. I and mean, like, no offense, it's just obviously we know what teams have yeah. better records so far this year. But that's, that's all I have to say about this game. And yeah, as for me for next year, it's kind of, I, I, I look to next year just to tell you this because I know top five pick, plus they're like top three for cap spending for next year. So it's kind of like that. Now look ahead to where I'll say this, and I don't know how much you've heard of this, but next year for me is kind of that. You know what the Bears are doing right now, where they're like they're they're in the hunt, but they're probably not going to make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, that's yep. where I want
0: New England to be next year, where it's like, hey, play meaning not meaningful, but play competitive football, where your name's being tossed around come December.
1: The next two, the next two games for me are about the Bills game, and uh, who do you have last? Who's the last game in the series? The, the Jets is more about who's our head coach going to be. Because I don't think it's going to be Bill Belichick, and in my opinion, and you're too young to remember, and you're also not from New England, but Brady and Belichick both being gone, I mean, who's the heir apparent? Is it Josh McDaniels? Is that who they're bringing in? Is it Bill Bill O'Brien? Is it? I mean, who who are they getting to run this football team? That is that's I, 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 the New England Pat's Nation has come to realize what the Buffalo Bills realized when Jim Kelly retired and the, and the Dolphins realized when Dan Marino retired, like it's not easy to find a quarterback and it's not a matter of we we're just great no matter what we do. I mean, Matt Castle is a great story, right? It's it's yeah. great that Tom Brady gets hurt and you go 12 and four with Matt Castle as your quarterback, a guy that didn't play a down in college football. I don't think, or didn't start a game in college football, but Bill, the only bastion of greatness this team has is Bill Belichick. And I don't know who you're replacing, and you could end up with a Brandon Staley. You could end up with a Mike Malarkey. You could end up with a Greg Williams. You could end up with some piece of trap, or or you could end up with Greg Williams, Mike Malarkey, Dick Juron, uh, 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 Marone, and then a Rex Ryan. Like you could end up with five of them in a row, just like the Bills did, and not make the playoffs for seventeen years. Like what? So that's my question to you. Like, where's the team at? Where's the fan base at? Like, who's our head coach next year?
0: So I have, there's three scenarios that I have in my head. One is that they managed to find a way to run it back because I feel like all those reports that have come out in reality, anything that comes out as a report from New England, don't believe it. It's like New England always did this too. The second it was found out that, hey, they're interested in someone in the draft, but it's got mixed for it immediately. So I think it's just that. taking
1: Cole Strange.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. But like every time there's a player or even two, it's like, hey, they're rumored to be going there. It's always like mixed. Um, right. like the only real spending Belichick's ever done where he went cuckoo, obviously was two, like three years ago now where they just went crazy mm-hmm. with guys like Hunter Judon. Henry, Judon, Judon, uh, uh, Kendrick Bourne, John the other, Smith,
1: John Smith. Yeah. The other tight end. Yeah. I was scared to death, dude, when that happened, I was like, how are we going to stop Hunter Henry and John Smith? And like the Patriots never figured out how to use them both at the same time. Like I was so thankful. I was like, there's nobody that can defend this team. Nobody.
0: So here's what happened last year. They decided we're going to use Hunter Henry as a run, run blocker. Nope, you don't right. do that. You let Hunter Henry get on the flat and just catch the ball. Right. Right. Um, my thing, so it's like the one they either run it back, just they they say, you know what, screw it. They It's more about the sentimental thing at that point, even though if it's not right for the team, which I don't know. I, I, that's just my far out one. I have the, the two that I think probably will happen is one, it's either draw Mayo because that's been the rumor for a while or yeah. even Oh yeah 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 I heard that yep, I yep. got a crazy one for you. What if they give it what if they give it to this kid, the one that makes the weird Steve Belichick, one of the goofy faces where it's just the like hey This
1: and has a weird tongue.
0: Yeah, like I just like I just throwing that out there for fun. Yeah, the yeah. other one is they go out there and Robert Kraft just tries to get like that new regime where it's that I don't think they would go for an unproven guy unless like cuz I just I, I I can't see them getting Benjamin jo- O'Brien or Brian jo- whatever one, the whatever the one in Detroit is. Like I can't see them going oh, yeah, out there yeah. You try to get the next 100 kid. Like I think it'd be more about finding a head vet, head coach with experience, not like you know how it's like a bringing a Brandon Staley or something like that. No, like I don't know. What if like uh, Vrabels gets fired from Tennessee? What if Vrabel not- would
1: be an interesting pick because Vrabel yeah. would fit because he's got that New England right that that tenure that that he wore that helmet for a very very long time. That's an interesting concept. Like they could potentially make a trade for him, right? They could send some draft picks down there for him.
0: Exactly. Meanwhile, when they get the pick back from the Chargers, when Belichick ultimately becomes coach GM out there, or even the other one too is like, you know, getting someone of that Though That's my thing. Like, I don't think they're going to go for like the crazy, like random one-off hire, but then it's just this whole, like next year's such an abyss of an off. This is going to be the most interesting offseason in of my lifetime, to be honest with you.
1: Uh, yes, it will eight,
0: be. There's the top five pick. There's the spending that's going to happen. Plus two, they have like for as much as they have cap room, they have so much in-house signings to get done this year between the 2020 rookie class, which I know a lot of people like to laugh at the Patriots draft uh, draft classes, but the 2020 class has really it, proven itself to be – have a lot of solid role cont- cont- contributors on there, whether it be Michael Wenu, Josh Uche, Kyle Duggar, et cetera. Hunter yeah, yeah. Henry's due for a new deal. Kendrick Bourne's due for a new deal. Jalen Mills, surprise player Miles Bryant. do like There's a lot of players that are due for new deal, so it's kind of a mm-hmm. wait and see and also right. they have to figure out some stuff as well. Like I'm pretty sure our center David Andrews is going to retire just because he's one of those players where father time's kind of catching up to him. And he's because he's in moments where he's looked good and he's in moments where it's kind of shaky. Same thing with Matthew Slater as well. Not shaky, just him is just Matthew Slater's yeah. been in the league for almost 20 yeah. years. And also right, I'll say right. this too: and Bills fans probably will not like this, but he is getting into Canton as a special teamer. But it, I think the big difference between the two is it's just the fact that Slater's got the hardware to go along with the with with the resume that's all wait wait not,
1: you think that slater is going to the hall of fame as a special teams player before steve tasker
0: not saying before steve tasker i'm just saying that it's kind of like they have the same resume i just think that if you were to compare they do not
1: have the same resume oh
0: not i mean as like with position wise position wise not stats i'm not comparing stats okay
1: okay yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no no
0: i just think that the different the difference ultimately is because i know Everyone looks at Super Bowls and MVPs as like this, like the bright shiny object, where it's like, oh, right, hey, they've right. got this. Like, for example, I think Matt Stafford's one saving grace was getting the Super Bowl, is what get a, what is what gets him into camp. You know, like it's that it's that whole. I whole don't. Lore. I don't know.
1: I would. I would one hundred percent agree. I, I have no idea how Steve Tasker, who is mm-hmm. arguably the greatest special teams player ever to play football and, I, and I, well Devin Hester well he was a kick returner he was a specialized special teamer mm-hmm. and Steve Tasker played wide receiver in the NFL when needed and was like dominant like they couldn't stop him as a wide receiver he didn't play wide receiver because they didn't want him out there because he wanted I don't know how that dude is not in the hall of fame but once he makes it it'll be fun to see some of the other guys to kind of go in but Shadow yeah. Western of New
0: York yeah. And <laughs> that yeah. awful Goodwill commercial that I see from time to time up here. <laughs> yes. yes. The, the West Her ones are funny, but and then there's also a Dawson Knox one for some like plumbing company or some HVAC company uh,
1: as well. Yes. Yeah. The the best thing about the West Her commercials is the fact that like Josh Allen, you've seen them. It, like you've got to watch him progress, not only as a quarterback, but also as an actor because his first Couple commercials were awful. It's like you, this is not your thing. Just throw the football. That's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. But yeah, that's
0: just like that's just the only thing. Like I guess, I'm not trying to diss Steve Tasker or anything. I just think that's how oh, voters you know. voters look at everything. It's just the, the the championships and whatnot. But good lord, it is the Browns are 19 and a half point favorites right now. And the Jets are plus three thousand. If you're really willing to risk it, um, Houston wow. and Tennessee. Yes, um, Houston and Tennessee. I'm going to keep it simple. CJ Stroud is back. Houston Texans yeah. find a way that is a head coach of the year candidate as well. And D'Amico Ryan's,
1: uh, for sure. I it's there's there's been a lot of uh, uh, what, what's uh, kind of bump bumps in the script this year as far as just head coaches and quarterbacks and just things happening that like aren't necessarily normal. And D- D'Amico Ryan's being the defensive head coach with a rookie quarterback. Uh and just seeing the way that they've played, that's not normally what happens in the NFL. Um, it it'll be interesting to see that. But what's funny about that is that the Titans have a tendency to jump up and bite you when you aren't expecting it. It's like the yeah. Titans are gonna get rolled and then they win and you're like, What happened? Wait,
0: <laughs> what happened? I thought they were gonna do that last weekend because I was like, you know, hey, they're they played against um Seattle. Seattle's coming off that improbable win against Philadelphia. There's no way that Seattle wins two in a row, and then Seattle proved me all wrong. Mm. Um and then with the um, Giants, they play the Rams this week. And I'll say this. The Rams are looking good at the right time. And the Giants, well, Mr. Marones ran out of his 15 minutes of fame. I know it was a great story. Don't get me wrong. But... Was it? No, it was a good story just because it fit the bill perfectly. That the Italian kid from North Jersey playing the hometown Giants. and the whole, like if, if he was a Buffalo Bill, there's no way... That it would have worked, like you know, no. if it was Tommy DeVito no. was doing it in Buffalo, it's like there's no, no way. It just it fit the bill. But when he got benched, everyone's just like oh, all this stuff. The hilarious thing I was seeing from a lot of people was saying you're hearing your some Italian uncle spew some very offensive language right now when Tyrod Taylor gets put in. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you're hearing a lot about out of pocket racism from family members. But um, with this game, though, no, like the Giants, it's kind of that they are who we thought they were. And they, it, I, I still can't believe they cost. Like, I was shocked that they covered their spread on on Sunday, but the fact that Darren Waller's clock awareness pretty much cost them a chance at winning the game.
1: The Giants are a freaking enigma. Um, yeah. Just seeing what they did at the end of the last year. They've got great talent on that football team. They've got Darren Waller. Uh, you know, a good friend of mine, Isaiah Hodgins, who they never play, and he like dominated the, the end of the season last year when they mm-hmm. when they stole him from our from our practice squad. There, there's so much about, and they got Brian Dable. There's so much about that that just makes very, very little sense to me, and so much of it screams football politics. But I'm gonna literally steer this train in a different direction, which is next year. Dude, Tyrod Taylor could have been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Tyrod Taylor was, is, was, is a phenomenal talent. Has a great throwing motion. Throws a great football. Can see the field. Uh, was incredibly elusive, Mike Vick-esque elusiveness when he was younger. Obviously, some of that's deteriorated. That's a guy the Patriots should go after in the offseason. Go get Tyrod Taylor and get him a, a, an offensive coordinator that'll get him to not be afraid to throw an interception because that, as a Buffalo Bill, that was his biggest problem. Two of Even now, he's got four interceptions. Too, way too afraid to throw the interception. Hey, Tyrod, do me a favor. Just go out there and let it rip, bro. Let it. And at the end of the day, the reason he's not a Buffalo Bill today, and the reason we have Josh Allen, is because he he would not let the football go. He would not throw, and he's still doing it. Throw the freaking football. If you throw an interception, who cares? Josh Allen has thrown three in games. Like it is what it is. Go ahead.
0: So we're gonna. I'm just gonna throw back to the Patriots for a quick second because you brought them up. So my vision for next year is rookie quarterback Bailey Zappi, veteran quarterback, because Bailey Zappi is Tyrod Taylor in the sense of. Serviceable back, serviceable. Damn, yeah, my words mixed up. But that's what I'm telling you. Tyron Taylor serviceable to be, backup.
1: He doesn't have to be a service serviceable backup. Tyron Taylor could still play football if he would throw the ball. If you would just throw the freaking football, let it go, let it rip.
0: Oh, you know what I mean? No, it's not like, for example, Nick Mullins, who goes into a game and like, hey, he has his moments, but also too, he throws for 400 yards, but he also throws four receptions and essentially those 400 receptions are what cost the Minnesota Vikings last Sunday. That's Tyra, what I mean. I'm,
1: I'm gonna say something totally probably that, that would if 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 your listeners heard this, anybody would probably be upset. If you could take Fitz Trad, Fitz Fitz Magic, and put him in Tyrod Taylor and eliminate the Fitz Tragic, but but still get that same gunslinger mentality inside of Tyrod Taylor, he probably would have won a Super Bowl in the NFL. But he just the, the amount of times that I have seen him as a and he still does it with the Giants, I have vivid memories of him like holding the football they've got a back shot of him so you're looking at his back and he's drifting this way holding the football as he's drifting and then you see the tight end in the background come into the screen right and and he's just drifting with him and it's like throw the damn ball finally (laughs) like three seconds later he throws it like and and, yeah and then by then the defender has recovered and it's an incomplete pass it's like throw the football for the love of god throw the football. You're just like saying, just please get rid of it. Please, for the love of Christ, get rid of the football. Yes. I'm just saying, huh. I'm I'm telling you right now, if somebody could get it into his head it's like, look, dude, you're thirty-two, throw the football. Like let it go. Just let it rip. Pull the pull the cord. Let it rip. But yeah. Yep. Anyway.
0: Um then Washington plays San Francisco, and all I have to say about this game is is if you're playing Christian McCaffrey in the finals of your fantasy football league, I'm going to light a candle and say a prayer for you because it's going to be a long day if you're a Commanders fan, which <laughs> I feel like it's so Ron Rivera to bench your second-year starter and basically know that you're probably getting fired next Monday.
1: How is Ron Rivera still head coach in the NFL? But, yeah, fair. So Yeah. Right? yeah.
0: And then – Philadelphia, Arizona, which I'm going to say this right now, but for his curiosity, curiosity wondering New England's offseason is going to be, Arizona's really in a pickle because it's, do you hold on to Kyler Murray and potentially draft to Marvin
1: Harrison Jr.? Who's, who's taking that contract?
0: That's the thing, though. I feel like they could, I feel like there's. Who's
1: there's, taking that contract and that attitude? Kyler Murray Kyler Murray walks onto the football field and into his locker room with all the moxie that Josh Allen should possess. And Josh Allen does not have it. Meanwhile, Kyle, Kyler Murray last year to his freaking head coach, he's like, calm the F down. Like, do you remember that game? Like, he's coming off the field, and he's yelling at his head coach, calm the F down. And that's the moment where if I'm the head coach, I'm benching that guy. It's like, go sit down.
0: To be fair, though, too, Cliff Kingsbury, I feel like, was only hired as a head coach because they saw Patrick Holmes in the season, and they were like, surely he can do that in the
1: NFL. For For sure.
0: No, I'm just saying that with Kyler Murray because I have the same with NFL teams, and that's dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things for Look sure Carolina Panthers they just pissed away their future because David Tepper was so fixed on getting a quarterback so with Arizona the wrong the wrong quarterback the wrong quarterback um, I don't even think it's the wrong quarterback I think it's just the wrong basically you, he's put, the a rookie, you put a rookie quarterback bust. surrounded by a bunch of mid-talent meanwhile with, he's the bust yeah like I, like I like I'm not ready to give up on him yet but I'm also not out here preaching for him obviously Josh Allen is a
1: quarterback that you put around a bunch of mid-talent as well yeah. So just let's not forget that Kelvin Benjamin was his number one wide receiver. And then Robert Foster.
0: Pop Popeye's biscuit <laughs> away from a tight end. Um, I'll never forget that Monday Night football quote that. And then that remember, I think they honored Thurman Thomas that night as well. So it was a Monday oh, night game right. in 2018, but I think Derek Anderson started that game, not Josh Allen.
1: I think you're also right about that. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, no, that's just with, with, with this game though. It's the same thing as Buffalo, New England. I don't trust Philadelphia to cover a big number at the moment, mm. but I do trust like something like the over. I, I wouldn't be shocked if this was like a points fest where each team is putting up at least twenty five. Because even in Arizona's blowout to San Francisco a couple weeks ago, they still scored twenty nine on them. Right, right. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, then, I don't I don't know what to, I don't know what to make of that football game. I mean, it's uh, it could go either way. In my opinion, it's, it's football. It's football. Um, yeah.
0: Tennessee, New Orleans, and I'm going to say this right now. I'm t- on fully on Tampa. New Orleans has just been that team where I've said they need to do one or two. They're truly in football Tampa,
1: New Orleans? You said Tennessee, Tampa, New Orleans. Tampa.
0: Tampa, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. But with the Saints, you either have to just say F it and go balls to the wall next year and go all in to try to win. Or you just rip the band-aid and rip the band-aid off and burn it all to the ground. Which I feel like post-Drew Brees and now post Sean Payton, the Saints are kind of in that position where they're like still trying to stay relevant. That's why I'm kind of thankful that New England did fizzle out because I feel like if this year New England was save new england right now with six and nine or even if they were six and five and ten six or nine or even seven seven and eight it's that awkwardness of like hey we can potentially get there but right. at the same time in the back of the head all, back in the fans minds we all know we're not anywhere close to getting to be there so i feel right. like with the saints you gotta look at it from a standpoint of hey maybe go the houston texan route for where two to three years you but you fizzle out and then you can rise back up because obviously it's a lot easier like you it, burning it to the ground's easy but it's the coming back part that's tough but I just think with New Orleans eventually you got to do it, just because you can't keep doing this cap wizardry every single year.
1: Well, I mean, there th- th- that's the gift that keeps on gifting for, giving from Sean Payton, right? Credit so card somebody- yeah, you know, Sean Payton ran up the credit card like every good ex-wife does and then and then dipped for, for the sexy the sexy guy in Denver the sexy girl in Denver as far as that goes but which which is ridiculous to me um backtracking a little bit I Josh McDaniels must be the greatest salesman ever because somehow he convinced an entire organization and, a, and an owner that like Derek Carr was not the guy and Jimmy Garoppolo was and Jimmy Garoppolo has a lot of love for some reason from from people but jimmy has never been clutch and has never been good in my opinion it's always been more about the potential of jimmy garoppolo and like the one game that he played when tom brady was hurt and it's like oh my god jimmy garoppolo and it's like i don't get it but somehow they let him go but that's a different conversation for a different day where he
0: beat beat the (laughs) arizona cardinals led by carson palmer
1: (laughs) Right. It's just like, what is happening? But anyways, uh, Tampa wins this football game, uh, hands down. I mean, it's uh Baker Mayfield has found something they're they're doing as much as I I think Todd Bowles is probably one of the worst head coaches in football. Um, You know, they have found something in allowing Baker to be himself. And it's hard to lose when you've got Mike Evans and you've got right uh Chris Godwin it's hard to, it's hard to lose when you've got good people around you and people to throw the football to so I think Tampa wins this football game outright even yeah. beats the spread
0: Mike Evans quietly is one of the best receivers of the last 15 years if just based off stats but based off the fact obviously he had three years of Tom Brady throwing to him but if you look at all the other it's years more than
1: he, he was good he was good is,
0: but that's what I'm saying though it's like he has all these thousand yard seasons with Ryan Fitzpatrick, with Jameis Winston, with Baker Mayfield. That's what it's I'm saying. Very,
1: it's very Andre Johnson-esque for sure. Yeah. Like he's yeah. one of those
0: guys when he retires, you kind of look at him right away and go, boom, lock, canton. Kind of like right now right. when the finalists come out. And I see like I saw Antonio Gates, for example, and I'm like, boom. Like
1: nah, yeah, going like how like yep. how the Hall
0: of Fame should be, where it's the guys that right away you go, boom, there's no discussion. Same. You know right away they're getting in. Yeah. Um yep. But with Tampa, though, like, look, I was never a, a Todd Bowles fan. We knew what Todd Bowles was when he was the Jets head coach. Very conservative play calling. It's just this year, they found lightning in a bottle. And they've also, to I'll say this right now, Dave Canellis is a guy to watch for for head coaching gigs. Lightning
1: lightning in a bottle or a nine-volt volt in a bottle? They found nine a uh, nine-volt. They're not really lightning in a bottle. They're yeah. a nine-volt. Let's call it a nine-volt. It'll your tickle t- your tongue. It'll tickle your <laughs> tongue just a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? No, it doesn't fully burn you when you do it. It's like when you touch something, it's, it's like when you, it's a shock. You it's felt shock. that.
1: It felt that. Yeah. But it didn't yeah. kill me. <laughs> no,
0: I, I I love that. It didn't kill me. Dave Canales though, I think is a huge part of why they've been good because we saw yeah. getting rid of Byron left, which is kind of, Hey, Byron left, which isn't as good as we thought. And Dave Canales has come in and all of a sudden gone Baker's ear and Baker's looking great. I believe second, no third best odds for comeback player of the year uh right now. And as the um, so basically I'm trying to vamp right now because I forgot what game is. Oh right, I just remember what game is next. It's a wonderful game. The Jaguars are playing the Carolina Panthers
1: without without their quarterback, right? So I <laughs> and they just and they just took uh, Matt Barkley off a practice squad. So
0: I look at Jacksonville and I'm just like the reason why they're losing is because Trevor Lawrence is afraid to miss a game.
1: Trevor Lawrence isn't a good quarterback. That's why That's they're the losing. to they <laughs> He's but he's just hurts so just
0: adding to the agenda of everything. Like he's got some good pieces around him, like Christian Kirk's been looking good. Evan Ingram's becoming a look; well, he's doing a lot better than he was in New York, which is really a low, high bar to clear. And then Travis Etienne's been a service running back, but for them though, their offensive line is terrible.
1: Their That's offensive their line is terrible, and they've got amazing weapons. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 hard to argue with the guys they got on the outside. But I have just never bought in. I haven't yet bought into Tr- Trevor Lawrence. Like. Even the, the original conversation was: "Is he's huge like Josh Allen?" And it's like, "Oh well, what you might as well just put him in Canton today." You know what he's I mean? He's like to Peyton Manning because <laughs> he's so big. And like, it takes more than just being big. Like, there's big guys out there that don't ever amount to anything. But yeah, I, I, that, that's that's an interesting football game too. Um, it, it's hard to believe in either of those football teams. I mean, Chase Young is—he looks like a, I saw me. Saw, or Ch- or yeah bryson young uh i saw sorry about that i saw i saw a meme where it was basically they had like a little kid playing quarterback for the panthers and i was like oh my god that's it he's so small out there he's smaller than kyler murray because he's not only not tall but he's not thick right yeah. he doesn't have that girth to it whereas kyler has like not barry sanders tree trunk thighs but he's got big thighs it's just it's just yeah dude i don't who who what are you picking in that game you're the you're the bets guy where do you go the jaguars are the backup quarterback uh you know or the freaking panthers that find find creative ways to lose football games
0: i'm gonna go with the jags to win but the panthers to cover just because this is what it feels like it's trending towards where it's like everyone thinks oh or or it goes the opposite way around where it's just a complete jacksonville blowout where everyone's just like Oh, my God, look at Jacksonville. Because
1: Who's playing quarterback? Who's playing quarterback in that game? I
0: think CJ Bethard, but hear me out with this. I'm only saying this because I feel like after last week, everyone's thinking, oh, you know, Carolina can stay in there and then they'll lose at the last second. But then Jacksonville just like – I feel like with this game too, as long as Jacksonville doesn't do anything stupid and turn the ball over, they're fine. That's how I, that's how I feel about this game. At least if they, I don't know how much they'll win it by, but I feel like as long as they don't turn the ball over, they're good.
1: Take, take the under.
0: Yes. This is a 17 to 10 game or even a 10 to 7 football
1: Take game. The under. Yes.
0: Which I want to say that about unders quickly. Imagine going to the Minnesota Vegas game and seeing a 3 nothing mm. football game like that's the only time I think if I ever went to a football game and it was that score I would be pissed.
1: That's 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 a football game where you're you're going to the concession stand for the fifth time and you're like what have I not bought yet.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> hmm
0: try the very exotic item that might make me shit myself in a few hours right right, right. i've something. had
1: the nachos i've had the pretzels i've had the hot dog and the pizza what is left on this menu that i haven't gotten yet
0: oh there's sushi let's uh surely that won't <laughs> rumble my stomach let's
1: <laughs> not go with the sushi football, yeah. third quarter third quarter nfl football sushi is not the play no say. it is not <laughs>
0: um next one up on the docket chicago atlanta i'm going to keep this simple chicago i don't like because you know how we were saying earlier a nine volt battery doesn't strike twice (laughs) falcons it's the same thing too because the crypt keeper arthur blank eventually and speaking of coaches that are probably going to get fired um arthur smith meanwhile with the bears should have been been. he should have been fired a long time ago i'm just waiting for him to get fired they bring in some coach and the next year is when Bijan robinson just goes stupid and everyone's like because people oh. like legitimately hate Arthur Smith, and they think that like he's like he should be investigated. He's taking their unders, and I'm just like, guys, Arthur Smith's just a clown. That's that's all it is. For the go, go work, go Arthur. Go work at FedEx for your dad. <laughs> you know that, right? That his dad's the one who founded FedEx. I did not know that, but that's yes. amazing. And his brother's their CEO right now.
1: So why is he working? So because he loves
0: football. <laughs>
1: <laughs> go buy a yacht, hang out in Cabo, right? And then we're supposed to do
0: exactly. Meanwhile, <laughs> with Chicago, it's. Chicago has got a, their defense. That's what they're going to say in Chicago, too. Their defense is what's going to been really good. Their defense yeah. has been playing really well the last month or so. So
1: yeah, that's
0: all i got to say there. And then Indy, Vegas – Dude, like there's, a 20- lot,
1: there's a lot of shit games. There, <laughs> like, there there's a lot of crappy football teams in the NFL right now.
0: In, in, Indian Vegas. Vegas. Uh, I need Vegas I,
1: to, I need Vegas to win to help my Bills out. So keep keep keep, keep cuz if the Bills lose one of the next two games, I need I need them to make the playoffs. But yeah.
0: I'll say this too, if you're the Raiders, I, also I have two things to say about the Raiders. One, you keep Antonio Pierce as head coach because you've just seen that it works.
1: And that never, they never keep the interim guy. When was the never, last time the interim guy was, was hired?
0: Oh, I have no idea, but I'm just saying, they'll, I'm not saying they're going to do it, but I'm just saying they should do it. It's just yeah. Mark Davis is that kind of guy where he's just like, Oh, look at this. Like how Rich Basaccia got them nearly a playoff win against the Bengals. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to go get Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and try to recreate the Patriot way out here only to fire them a year and a half later. Aside um,
1: from the fact that he inherited the team, he he! Literally, Mark Davis makes me wonder what I did wrong with my life. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I how did I amount to this when that dude owns an NFL football team? Like, just what is happening?
0: So I've seen reports too that when his when his mom does pass away, he's probably going to sell the team. So just think about this: that in the next twenty years, he's probably going to be somewhere on a yacht or probably a or a tin can boat with like. 10 billion dollars to his name just doing nothing living the rest of his life just let that stew in your mind for a second with
1: um the hot young young chicks telling him his haircut looks great no but yeah. your, haircut, your haircut looks great
0: yeah it's like mark do you sure you don't want to buy a yacht it's like no this boat was great it's a little tin can or the little putt-putt boats that you uh used to drive at the college when you were a kid um but no for this game like i got nothing really to say about it i'm just i i, I I'm going to – I know I'm going to go against you. I'm just going to lean Colts just because I feel like with Vegas, it's that like the luck's got to run out eventually where you're just going to lose the game because if you look at how the last couple weeks went where you beat Kansas City big, you beat – and then you get Brandon Staley fired. It's just one of those things where I can see a world where – I'm saying where a lot – where the Colts get a win here, especially after how bad the Colts looked last week.
1: I I mean, they they didn't beat the Kansas City – chiefs big they beat the kansas city chiefs which was big i don't know how that i don't know how they beat the kansas city chiefs with not completing a pass in the second half i mean you know it's uh that was an interesting football game which you know that's a different conversation for a different day but it's it's it they've got to find a quarterback that can complete a football or complete a complete a pass with the football if they can't they're not going to beat the colts because gardner Minshew is not a clown we know that we knew that going in that gardner Minshew could play quarterback in the nfl so uh, it probably is going to be the Colts who win. I, I didn't pick the I didn't pick the the Raiders. I said I needed the Raiders.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Um, I have a fun scenario too for you for the Raiders that I could see happening, just because you know I say dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things. Yep. Next year they trade the number one, for the number one overall pick to Chicago, and then Max Crosby ends up being a Chicago Bear.
1: You mean Chicago trades the number one pick to, to, yep. to the Raiders,
0: and then the Raiders have to give up like Max Crosby or like Devontae Adams or something like that.
1: But they just got the dude. They got uh, Vontaze Sweat, right? Then they just get Sweat from the from – the...
0: They did, but the, remember the Bears have the Panthers' first pick this year because of the right. deal last right. year. So that right. number one overall pick, I can see the Raiders being that dumb team where they give up way too much to go get Caleb Williams, but then they have no one around him. You know?
1: They made the Jamarcus Russell mistake once. You think they'll make it again?
0: You really put it past Mark Davis to do it?
1: Fair, I can't. Yeah, I can't respond to that. Fair. That's how that's I fair. look at it. I'm just that's like,
0: I, I just you, you trust dysfunctional teams to do dysfunctional things. And yeah.
1: Where, but Max Crosby is like legit, dude. Like that's a good football player. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying, like, it's just throwing it out there because, like, how the bear the Panthers this year, it's they could really use wide receiver one. It's like, well, you had one, but you dealt into to Chicago, so it's like a similar. It's a similar logic, and also <laughs> I say Devontae Adams in there as well because. I do think Adams is gone, and I just do not want Adams on the Jets next year. That's my only hope.
1: I can't uh, – maybe it makes sense. Uh, yeah, not, yeah, the connection, Aaron Rodgers' connection. I I just – yeah, I can't see Devontae Adams being the New York Jet. So For the
0: 4 o'clock slate, let's just hold our breaths and count to 10 because it's Pittsburgh and Seattle, and I don't even like – this entire week of games, like the more I look at it, I'm just like, good lord. Um, Pittsburgh, Seattle – I'm just gonna go fast Seattle. Forward.
1: Just fast forward through the whole weekend. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Get me to 2024 and the good bowl games on Monday. Um I'm just gonna to go to Seattle because they've been playing better. And I think
1: Geno Smith, man. I mean, it's hard to argue with that dude. Like what that dude is a legitimate NFL quarterback in his thirties, young like early thirties. It's incredible to see what he's done. But I'm I'm with you. Seattle.
0: Vegas and not Vegas, Denver and the Chargers, Jared Stidham versus Easton Stick and I'm just going for I don't really care. And uh, I'm going to go take the under here. You know, take the under because with these teams, I, I don't know where Russell's going to go next year, but I heard a fun hypothetical take for the Broncos and it kind of burned me inside a little bit. But I'm just like, what if Mac Jones QB won for the Broncos next year and they, they do the whole, we could do a reclamation project? Like, I could see them going that route where they go, they don't draft, they go like Ryan Tannehill. They go, Mac Jones, they go for that guy where it's like, hey, we're looking for kind of an experienced player, give him another chance, and then it either somehow works out and they turn their careers around, or it just fizzles and the Broncos are the Broncos, because I say this for years now, that they sold their soul to get the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, and they've been bad ever since.
1: No, the hundred percent. I don't. I don't know. I don't know that Mac Jones ends up as a starting starting quarterback in the NFL next year anywhere. Um, oh, no, no, no. I think I think he'll end up as a backup someplace and then get a couple shots because he's the backup behind a bad quarterback in Denver Brian Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, and it turns right, right, and it turns into maybe we should start that guy and see what he has. Right? So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mac Jones has never been a good quarterback. It's been funny. It's been. Fu- it's going to be sad to see him go as a Bills fan. I'll just say it that way. So. <laughs>
0: Well, you know what? It's all about the Zap Master now. Um, But, yeah, I guess this game, no one cares. And, like, even the 425 game this week. So, I don't know if you saw the announcer groups, but Kevin Harlan and Trent Green are calling our game. Ian Eagle and Charles Davis are calling Ravens and Dolphins. Nice. But Jim Nance and Tony Romo get the car crash of Jake Browning versus Patrick Mahomes. And... I think the Jake Browning experiment has kind of turned a corner where it goes yeah, from that, one week of being like, that's why you've – it's like, you shouldn't yeah. have fucking cut me to <laughs> we see why the Minnesota Vikings cut you. And yeah. this feels like the get-right game that the Kansas City Chiefs need. I know for weeks it's always been this thing, but I feel like if this is the one where if you do not get right, you got to –
1: there's, there's, there's other stuff going on there. So you're talking about yeah, it's Josh Dobbs, right? Josh Dobbs gets cut and then comes in. So there's enough film now on Browning that the defenses know how to defend him is what yeah. it, is what it comes down to. Uh, the Kansas city chiefs there, there's, there's kinks in the armor. There's cracks in the foundation. Uh, we're seeing a lot of things out of that football team. We've never seen before Patrick Mahomes angry on the sideline and lashing out multiple games in a row Travis Kelsey looking completely dejected, chucking his helmet at the at the at the bench. Uh, go ahead. I think fa- uh, he's still
0: tight end one for yards. I think that's also a mix of father times catching up to him.
1: Oh, for sure, but there's other stuff too. Like he's upset with the way that he's being used. Like, it's it's amazingly hysterical, and I wish this was ESPN or the NFL Network and the world could hear me say, it's funny to hear Chiefs Nation or Chiefs Kingdom complain about this roster and how they're letting him down when he just won a Super Bowl with the same roster less than a calendar year yeah, but ago. Like defense and their defense is better if Juju Smith Schuster was this important to this offset offense we might be having we need to have more conversations about Juju Smith Schuster who's a patriot but it's just yeah the, the the Chiefs to me there's a there's an unraveling that's happening there and I don't know if it's because b enemy's gone that that offense is not is not playing well but to have the defense that they've got and to see the way that that offense is playing I mean. They lost a football game to the Raiders, who did not complete. Everybody knew that they were going to run the football every single play. And I think I tweeted it, it was McGuire, right? It wasn't that the uh, running back's name. Uh, yep. I tweeted it, that McGuire just beat Pat Mahomes, like that. That's that's the storyline. McGuire just beat Pat Mahomes because nobody else did. It was the, it was the run game in that football game. It was crazy. That,
0: that's what it was. But like, I still think the Chiefs' season is going to go one of two ways, where they either like we snap our fingers again and they're in vegas come february 11th or they lose out early and there's just all these questions to be answered because i just want to
1: see them i want to see them play a road playoff game that's all i want to see
0: and i'll say this too out of everything that pat mahomes has done that is the most impressive to me is the fact that he's never had to play a game i know he's played the super bowls that's obviously different but the fact that he's never played a game away from arrowhead that's
1: just that shouldn't be impressive. That should put you in a very raised eyebrow situation. Hmm. You never had to play a road playoff game? Because that's a completely different atmosphere.
0: Yeah. It's right? like, imagine him going, because here's the thing too. He's also never played in like Buffalo, for example, with fans there.
1: No, he didn't. No, the one game he played was, yeah, there was no, there was no fans at the game.
0: Yeah. It, was cold. it was a Monday afternoon at five o'clock as well.
1: Uh, It was a night game. It was, was it a, no, it was a Tuesday or it was a weird day. It, it, it got like, flex, mm-hmm.
0: it got flex timing because of people COVID. getting sick.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. they said that we are no longer changing the schedule and moving games, and then a couple players on the Chiefs got COVID, and they're like, oh, except this game. And it's like, wait a minute. I thought we were no longer moving games. Yeah, and then we got screwed. But
0: anyway. Yeah, well, um, it's the Chiefs. But um, no, the Chiefs. with the Chiefs, also I'm going to say this right now, it would have been so much better to see Patrick Mahomes on quarterback this year as opposed to last year. Just to like – and then we get to like see the behind the scenes of his unraveling and all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But another take I have with this team is – it wouldn't shock me if Travis Kelsey called it called it after the season. It would not shock me. I don't think I'd, he does. I'd be,
1: shocked. I'd be shocked. That team's done if that happens.
0: That's the thing. Because we saw it in the Detroit Lions game where everyone's like, oh, but you didn't have Travis Kelsey. Because I, I can just see it, too, because I've heard reports about him wanting to go to Hollywood and stuff like that, where I'm just like, he's got the best chance to do it right now if he mm. wants to jump ship. Because remember, he was doing SNL before he, which he was yep, really yep. good at, before Taylor yep. Swift. But I think I'll say this, though. I think his brother's done. I think this is Jason's last year. I don't think because Jason like contemplated retirement so much last year that yeah, he came yeah. back. So and another player too, Jason Kelsey, Hall of Famer as well. Um, but yeah, with this game, if Kansas City doesn't get right here, I don't know when they do.
1: This would be the game. I I I mean, I don't I don't really have a response to that. I think you're probably right. If this is if it's not here, they're probably out in the first round.
0: Yeah, this is a to get off the pocket for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep,
1: yep, yep. if they're not out in the first round, they might be out if they have to come to buffalo so exactly
0: um which is again that's a game i actually love to go to just to see a see the chiefs play and then like see that atmosphere because i feel like that would be an atmosphere unlike anything we've seen before in buffalo oh yeah um and then while everyone's getting ready to celebrate new year's you can watch jaron hall take on jordan love where for some reason the vikings are the (laughs) favorites in this game i'm just going to say this because i trust jordan love more and jordan loves actually pretty much he's, he's been pretty good this year Uh, He's been serviceable. 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 Let's call it serviceable. Mm -hmm. Packers. This is the Packers. I think this is the game that the Vikings, like, they they get out. And now another team with an interesting offseason as well, because it's who's a quarterback? What happens to Justin Jefferson? Um, If you're the Buffalo Bills, do you try to make a play for that? Because that would would not only be funny, but also scary for me, but a situation where it's like, hey, you can do that. Um, The other thing going back to Kansas City quickly I've been saying too is, if you are the Chiefs, Mike Evans is a free agent this year. I don't know if he will leave, but you should try your hardest to get him. I don't want there's, it to happen, but
1: there's a cliff, there's a there, the ledge is close for Mike Evans. Like he's not going to play wide receiver at this level forever
0: oh no, but Kansas City should like see the numbers and go, like I will take Mike Evans over anyone on Kansas
1: City. What's, right what's awesome. amazing, going back to the Chiefs, because you did, the, and I was going to say this, but I didn't because we moved on. Yep. What's amazing about Pat Mahomes being a generational talent and who he is, and I think by, by far and away, he's the best, not by far and away, he is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. However, he does not have that ability to make wide receivers great that Peyton Manning had, mm-hmm. that Tom Brady had, mm-hmm. um, and we're seeing that. If Travis Kelsey retires, I can't imagine that happening, but if it does happen, and I don't know that this team is 500 next year with Pat Mahomes as a the quarterback.
0: Then they're still going to have a million games at like four o'clock, which I'm going to say this right now for Bill's Mafia fans out there who love the one o'clock window. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> First one o'clock
0: game since you played the New England Patriots.
1: That's right. It's true. It. Uh, I, I, I was one of the ones that used to scream about not getting primetime games. And now this year it's been like, oh, my God, like. <laughs> Like I've moved my post game show to eight o'clock in the morning the next day. Cause I can't be up until two or three o'clock in the morning anymore. Like I do my post game show at midnight, like 1130 midnight after a primetime game. And then by the time I get it done an hour and I get it uploaded, it's two, three o'clock in the morning. And it's like, I'm 50.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm 30 and i feel your pain now
1: <laughs> i don't recover the way that i used to recover it's like we're moving that thing to 8 a.m the next day and luckily sb nation and vox media has been fine with it but yeah for all intents and purposes like yeah, yeah. give me some give me a couple give me a couple more one o'clocks, just a couple more
0: which who knows if you will happen with this week and also i'll say this too with cincinnati casey not being flexed out i think it's just the allure of mahomes but also too it's the car crash equivalent where you're not supposed to look at oh, it. but they're damn it, burying. You're
1: look at they're, it. they're burying that game. Which one? They're, they're burying that game. That's why they didn't flex it out. They're burying. Oh, it. Uh,
0: Nance and Romo are calling it. I don't think they are. Oh,
1: is it the national game for four o'clock? Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that's yeah, interesting. I don't know. It could go either way. You you might find the the Bengals win that football game. It wouldn't surprise me.
0: It wouldn't surprise me. That's why I'm just saying for Kansas City, I think it's an hour or never game. But with Sunday yeah. night football. I don't know, Packers just seem like it's the better thing, but for Minnesota, Back, this...
1: Backing up, can we just have a conversation, not even a conversation, make a statement that Zach Taylor is a very good head coach. Yes. Like, Zach Taylor matches up well against the Chiefs and the Bills. He knows how to beat both of those football teams. So this should be a relatively interesting game. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, um, and then, no, I completely agree with you because remember, the, the Bengals were essentially a roughing the pass, or an unnecessary roughness call last year from going to the Super Bowl.
1: That's right that's right
0: Eagles Eagles Bengals That would have been a hell of a game um, they beat
1: them at they beat the Chiefs at home the year before in overtime and they've they've beaten the Bills every time they've played them so
0: I remember I um I actually have another story for another day but with Sunday Night Football like I just want to get through this game because it's like this like the more we talk to this like the more I realize, good Lord this is why we spent like half an hour talking about the games and like 45 minutes talking about the Patriots and talking about the Bills um Jaron Hall Jordan Love I'm gonna go with Jordan love just because he's the one I have more experience with and more trust with and that's not using I'm not using the word like wholeheartedly hold, it's using very loosely but with this game what's the word i am looking for this will be an awesome opportunity though for if you're the Vikings to go out there and just give your fans one last hurrah for the season because more than likely yeah. you're not gonna make the playoffs unless Detroit you know they have their position locked they their resting starters but like I said, I'm going with who I trust, and unfortunately, Jordan Love, you get the cake a little bit more over Jaren Hall.
1: Well, I mean, the, the Vikings don't have Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson's injured, yeah. and they don't have their quarterback. So yeah, you're 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 going Packers here. With, any, also, any 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 Agar will have a good evening. We'll have a good night. So yeah,
0: um, <laughs> but with Hawkinson though, I thought it was like a thigh bruise at first because you saw him just trot off the field like nothing happened to and, him. Like, ACL just him. and
1: MCL both.
0: Which. I want to end on this before anything is not it amazing it's like, detroit,
1: it's like it was being held on by skin when he ran up the football field <laughs> to think about that
0: he ran off i think if that was us we'd be like lying on the ground like writhing <laughs> in pain um toward all the hell of a drug people um with detroit though isn't it amazing how they've they swapped out deandre swift and tj hawkinson and, and effectively and jamal williams and, and jamal, jamal williams, williams. who Jamal Williams is the only one out of those three that's not having a good season this year. Mm-hmm. But everyone else that Detroit has got, and David Montgomery, incredible year. Tamir Gibbs, incredible year. Sam Laporte is already a probably top five tight end in the NFL. If not, he yep, 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 yep. has position to go higher. So it's just what the Detroit Lions have done is nothing but remarkable. But I wouldn't be honest with you if I wasn't rooting for Matt Stafford to go back into Detroit and rip their hearts out wildcard Wild Card Weekend. Just because just <laughs> you know if that were to happen that would just be oh that both fan bases man. would like th- that's like three hours of watching those collective fan bases just even though lions fans are numbering out here and rams fans numbering is here um the fact that both fan bases would just be on edge for three hours because you have detroit making it for hosting a playoff game for the first time in 30 years the excitement is great season tickets prices shot for the roof by i think like 200 percent. they went up and then you got the old guy matt stafford coming back into town to potentially ruin it all just think about that villain arc
1: you're an evil man we'll just leave it there so
0: you gotta root for a good story but anyway guys (laughs) from myself joe miller happy new year to you all enjoy all the football as best you can and you know what guys we'll see you next year
1: go bills hi i'm logan anderson host of the say the damn score podcast on my show i deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by you guessed it talking to sportscasters The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional
0: development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamscore.com.
1: Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast, at NBC Sports.